Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Well, welcome to episode seven, I believe. I don't know. I think it's <laughs> I think it's seven. And uh, welcome to all of our listeners. This is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. Welcome to the show. So uh, as we do, we start off uh, with uh, a little beverage. Now, um, I know you've been feeling a little under the weather. That's true. Right? So mm-hmm. you might be a little tired. It's Lent. We're really in the thick of things. We both have some funerals and all that stuff. And and so uh, what I have for us today is, uh, you know, when I work out, you know, I clang and bang in the weight room. Yeah. yeah. By the way, if, you, if, you're, if you're in an awkward situation, be a small town pastor <laughs> and lift weights in the community weight room. it's People don't know where they should talk to you. I got my headphones on. I'm focused, right? So, and uh, Pretty intense. And then I try hard not to flex in the mirrors because I don't want to appear to be vain to all, the, you know, look at Pastor Bullhagen flexing all the time, you know. So, yeah, but uh, I have, I use every once in a while, if I really need some help getting a few extra sets out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because I know you're really pushing through today. I've got uh, my uh, pre-workout mix here what is this <laughs> it's a uh, it's called pump surge oh wow and it's supposed to really uh give you a little more energy a little more pump to really push through your workout and uh and this is such a mental workout that we go through we really push through i know even haven't been feeling well so uh, and, and it's all for you the fans right so. right now i have one here that's that's not doesn't have any caffeine some of those are really loaded caffeine okay this one isn't and uh if you have any adverse side effects um, our Hey Vicar app actually has a degree in pharmacology. So uh, uh, he also, uh, are you a trained medic in some sort? You know, CPR and all those things? Yeah, at one point I had to get certified for that. So so if you have any kind of adverse reaction, we have uh, a, a, a medical team uh, ready to go. So uh, Good thing there's a hospital in town. That's right. So uh, do you want to look at it and make sure you're not going to? That's Hey, you're, you're bringing the drinks. All so, right. You know. All right. So the, the, consider this podcast to be a pumped-up version. So uh, I just cracked open my little canister here, and uh, I don't know if you can hear. I've got my little water bottle. Water bottle with a mixer in there. I'm gonna put that in there. So while you're doing that, uh... <laughs> this is great, great audio, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, just try to imagine this. He's uh, mixing up a, a protein shake or uh, get through his workout shake pre-workout pre-workout see if you worked out you would know this bird oh sorry cherry man. limeade oh wow yeah so all right i think we're ready so what are you preaching on this sunday um well i was thinking about talking a little bit because i've had a funeral and i haven't done much with my sermon yet <laughs> There you go. I was talking to think about, for me, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, funerals and funeral sermons and that kind of thing. Well, that fits really well with this coming Sunday because the text, the gospel lesson is John chapter 8, verses 46 through 52, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there Jesus tells the Jews who believed in him that uh, <laughs> that uh, if, they, if they keep his word, they uh, won't see death. So, hey... We're about ready to drink this awesome concoction, so pray for here, us. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it's good. There you go. 
What do you think, Vicar? Have you ever used a pre-workout before? Uh, n- nope, nope. I just feel my muscles swelling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my, I, uh, I had a funeral sermon uh, earlier this week, and uh, and uh, it wasn't my normal funeral sermon because uh, um, it was someone who did not have necessarily the life we'd all envy. Okay. You know, and uh, but she had uh, a, a faith, a strong faith throughout, and. And I talked about how Jesus welcomes little children and how we, you know, how we receive the kingdom of God like a little child. And how, really, if you if you got to visit with her, you're actually humbled by her faith. I know mm-hmm. that happens to you as a pastor sometimes, where right. she didn't have great living circumstances and all those things. I don't want to get too personal about it. But uh, yet, she was always content. She was happy that happy about what Jesus was giving her and, and very content in, 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 in him. So... And so, you know, normally I, I uh, don't talk this way necessarily, but I encourage the, those who heard to admire the faith that God gave her and that she, how she really uh, was an example that God gave us all of, of uh, what faith looks like in us. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me, reminded me, she did, of uh, the kinds of things that, uh, that Jesus talked about when he saw the faith of others, you know, and uh, how mo- no one would really would want to trade their place with her Mm-hmm. But uh, and nonetheless, she uh, she uh, wearing the crown of glory, and so so I use that for all of us who are chasing all after our worldly stuff all the time to to think of her and realize that she had the true wisdom, right? And uh, and that's a great counterpoint to this Sunday's text because you have the Jews who have everything, right? They have the oracles of God; they're very intelligent people. Jesus is talking to kind of the cream of the crop. These are the people who should get it. And yet, what do they do after he preaches the gospel to them? Right. They pick up stones to stone him. Yeah. And then he hides himself from their sight. Yeah. Which shows that the people that we don't often think will get it, God gives them faith. He gives them that confident trust in the promises of the gospel. So, uh, so uh, as uh, we continue on, the, the Vicar app has really taken off. Okay. He, he updated? Uh, well, um. Vicar, would you like to tell your Hey Vicar app story for us, please? Sure, right. So I've got uh, two small boys. One is two. One just had his first birthday. And my wife and I were all sitting around the table for... We're all sitting around the table um, having dinner. And just out of the blue, my son looks up from his food, stares right at me, and says, Hey Vicar, what's the weather like outside? (laughs) Right, this is my two-year-old son, and my wife and I just stop and stare at each other. And, Did he really? <laughs> and then he goes, "Hey, Vicar, what do you know about Tweedle Beetles?" From one of his favorite Dr. Seuss uh, books. And so I'm now, "Hey, Vicar," even in my own house to my two-year-old son. So, yeah. Man, you are a legend in your own house. Yeah. If we can get copyright clearance, there's actually video evidence of this that hopefully maybe we can post on our <laughs> Facebook account. So, so be looking for that uh, on our Facebook account. But it's uh, it's really taken off, and I have a special uh, job for the Vicar app today. Um, I, I drive a car that I love. It it really means a lot to me. It's mm-hmm. it's a '99 uh, Oldsmobile Aurora. It was the car that was going to save Oldsmobile. <laughs> <laughs> See, we see how that worked out, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not too many Oldsmobiles anymore. Anymore, but I have this problem where uh, the, the lights don't turn off every once in a while. There's a little short, and I don't know the, the lights just don't turn off when my battery dies. So every once in a while, I have to run out 
and and start my Aurora for a little bit so that uh, the battery doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> and so you know we're uh, it's a, a nice evening and uh, I'm not sure how long this is going to take. And uh, so every once in a while, I might need the Hey Vicar app to run run out and start my car for a little bit, so I have some my battery has some juice, so I can get home today. Now, I bet you Alexa can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I I bet she can't either. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, there might be some time where I get a little tired of Vicar, and I and I look outside, and my lights are getting a little dim. I might have to send him out to run my car for a couple of minutes. He's an all-purpose app. That's right. Now we have some uh, info. We have some feedback from a couple of listeners. Do you have that? Forestburg? I do. Okay. Our first listener, Pastor Cap, uh, wrote us a Facebook message. He said, uh, I'm listening to your podcast. Great stuff. A bit of rebuke and correction is needed on the top 10 biblical figures on a football team. Pastor Berg said it was like the 79 Dolphins. The correct team was 1972. Blessings on your work, brothers. So, Well, I think, uh, hey, Vicar, um, what do we know about the 79 Dolphins? <laughs> The uh, 79 Dolphins, huh? Right, right, because maybe there's a, a correlation. Maybe you actually did mean the 79 uh, Dolphins. Let's see here. We'll find out. Oops, wrong year. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to own it. If, are you? you, know, are you? I, I am. I'm willing to own it. I mean, it was it was an honest mistake. I mean, <laughs> we do call it clerical errors for a reason. <laughs> I su- yeah, I suppose the 79 Dolphins would have been in my lifetime. Let's see. Uh, 79 Dolphins went uh, 10 and 6. Um... Okay. Not too much remarkable there. You know, that's how I just would describe our podcast, though. We're we're ten and we're, we're yeah. ten and six. <laughs> yeah, we're I, better than average, right? Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know we're working our way towards being that that uh, seventy two dolphins, but right now we're the seventy nine dolphins. So we'll we'll own it's better this than mistake. the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, uh, and uh, you also had uh, another correspondence there from someone. Yeah, we had a Mr. Ian Jones uh, who wrote in, and he said, Dear Clerical Errors Podcast, thank you for this excellent new podcast. As an LCMS pastor, son in mid-Michigan, the humor you have... I'm sorry, I got a phone call there. <laughs> <laughs> the humor you have in your podcast is exactly what I expected, and that's a good thing. I am impressed by your ability to have such fun and humorous podcast while also preaching God's word. I don't remember if this is where you get your confound the clerics questions, but I would like to ask out of curiosity, in your opinion, do you think there is any possibility of a confessional Lutheran and Roman Catholic reconciliation or some other form of doctrinal unity? Thank you for your time, and I and hope you continue your podcast. All right. Well, we plan on continuing it. All right. Although uh, we only have a few months left with the Vicar app before it really updates. Right. And then we got to start all, all over, over again. again. Yeah. But uh, thank you for listening, Ian, and uh, we will answer that question a little later in the podcast, but not right now, because right now it's time for our top 12. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So, Vicar, um, I have only 11 of these. Uh, I, for- yeah. I, I forgot that I was one short, so while we talk about this, I want you to find... One more for me, okay? Oh, okay. Once I start this topic, okay? All right. All right, so one thing I think that has always been in the bane of most pastors when they see these on the highway are, have Mopeds? you ever- Mopeds? No. Now, have you ever seen those billboards that, that speak for God? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they, they say something and it just says, like, God as though God said it. Right, yep. And, uh, and most of the time, guess what? God, God didn't, didn't say it. <laughs> say any of those right so uh 
Um, if you see uh, one of the these uh, vicar that uh, I haven't mentioned, you're going to find for me one more because we'll need one more. And this is number one, so it's got to be good. All right, you ready for these? And then, then what I... we can. My idea was we can we can maybe argue about it or maybe so come up with something that God actually did say to replace it. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Does that sound awesome? Yeah, I'm ready. Number 12. Isn't it strange that most people think I'm white? God. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was an actual billboard on the side of the road where someone was <laughs> quoting God. Your response to that, I mean, Berg. Do you think God is white? Um, No. No. I. What? I... I I don't even know how. Well, they used to think he was German, right? <laughs> the vicar said that they they used to think he was German. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's the thing. God doesn't have a body. Like the divine nature doesn't have a body, which means he doesn't have skin. Which means, right? There's no color. So it, it's it's kind of like uh, it's just a social justice nonsense. It's kind of like. And I kind of don't mind this. You know how you see like a nativity scene where they have the infant Jesus and he's some he looks German. <laughs> right. Some he looks Jewish. I had a children's Bible where Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> and it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Right. Or some you've seen where uh, Jesus is African-American or something like that. Right. And uh, I actually don't mind that so much in this way is the fact that at least it's, it's, it's it realizes that, that Jesus came to be one of us. Right. You know, and if, and if that's the way you understand and it, it's expressed that that uh, way, maybe a kid can understand or or someone understands that he was just like me. He had a heart like me. He cried like me. He was a baby like me. And for some people, having a visual uh, realization that of looking like me isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, no. if you want to get accuracy in saying, okay, well, he actually looked this way. I mean, we can guess he was obviously Jewish, right? But uh, but uh, that aspect, I really don't mind because. The, the more, more important thing is that he was born a man, a child, just like we were. Right. Number 11. Big Bang Theory. You have got to be kidding me. God. <laughs> so so what would be an obvious uh, replacement that God actually did say? Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, God said, let there be light, mm -hmm. would be one uh, from Genesis chapter 1. Hebrews 11, that God, uh, by faith we believe that God formed the world. Uh, by his word, yeah, right, and, the, um, and see that's what bothers me about these these things is is uh, as pastors we take speaking on God's behalf very seriously, right? We try and make sure what we say, especially from the pulpit, is something that God actually says in His Word. And when you just kind of just flippantly say, "Oh, this is what God says," you are really doing damage to His name, right? So yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like the Big Bang theory, um, even if you sh if you shed it of all of its uh, preconceived notions, it actually sh shows something that most people didn't believe, most scientists didn't believe, They uh, that the universe actually had a beginning. Mm -hmm. And the universe, if the universe had a beginning, then there was something before it, right? Most scientists up until like the 1950s actually believed the universe was eternal. Mm -hmm. And so, because it had to be. Otherwise you had to have, if it has a beginning, that means there has to be a creator. Right. But, but uh, so, to simply flippantly say... You know, you got to be kidding me, God. Right, yeah, it's, you know, that's the thing. It's not very serious, unfortunately. Number 10. One nation under me, God. <laughs> I get sick of American exceptionalism. 
<laughs> because uh, you know that wasn't even that wasn't even in the pledge until like the 1950s, <laughs> when everybody became a God-fearing Christian because of the communists. Yeah, and the fact that uh, um, I, I think of what God would respond to the prophets when He actually had a people under Him and when they would go astray, He said, "Remind you, you're just one nation under Me." You don't think He quite would word it that way, right? <laughs> All right, number nine. Every day I get more prayer requests for car parks than anything else. You people need to start thinking bigger. God. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, there. I, yeah, it would have been better if he would have said, "If two or three ask something in my name, it will be given to them." You right. Know? Uh, something along those lines, or that um, the prayers of a righteous man affecteth much, from James. But yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's a, just very, yeah, once again, it seems like it's supposed to draw your mind to higher and loftier things, but really it's just flippant. And, and I think it kind of really, it, it turns people's hearts away from it. It angers them. It doesn't really in any way draw them in. It just, right. it just judges without any kind of real answer. Right, and bigger things. Well, what bigger things? I mean, you know, uh, unless you actually get into a deep discussion about that, you know, what is more important than a car park? Yeah. Right? Um, especially if your wife is going into labor, you want that car <laughs> park right now, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it, what, what I find funny is people spent a lot of money putting up these billboards. Yes. You've seen them before, haven't you? I have. Number eight. Will the road get you to my place? God. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Is it talking about like, um, Car accidents or something? Like, <laughs> be careful on the road or you could die. <laughs> right. Well, I, I was thinking maybe a replacement of this would be, I am the way, the truth, and the, and the life. life. Right. Or strive to enter by the narrow way because, like, you know, that would be really funny, actually, to have that on, like, an interstate <laughs> with, like, 15 lanes, right? Right. Where it's, like, broad is the way to destruction. <laughs> I feel bad for for someone who, uh, like, uh you know, it's kind of morbid, but that was the last thing they saw was one of these billboards. Oh man, yeah that that has that that is sad. Oh man. All right, that brings us to number seven. Number seven. Well, you did ask for a sign, God. Well, what does that even mean? I yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's. It I yeah. I don't know. I I don't even know how to tackle that one because it's there's no con. So is it like a, a backed up traffic? Yeah, like, I don't know. That, I mean, is that what that? Well, you know? like maybe it's thinking that people are looking to, for a sign of some sort of, you know, of what God's like. I should have uh, stayed home today, right? Or a <laughs> sign that okay, if you're looking for a sign, here's here's your sign, and uh, so now <laughs> <laughs> here's your sign. <laughs> what was that, Bill Engvold? Right? Yeah, here's yeah. Your sign, right? Yeah. Number six. Let's meet at my house Sunday before the game. Okay. Yeah. All right. So basically go to church. Yeah. Yeah. That um, one isn't so bad, I suppose. No, I, you know, I think that's a good, it's a good critique of what the real God is. Right. Yeah. That um, really the places where most American wor Americans worship now are stadiums. They're willing to go to all the games and mm -hmm. pay a lot of money <laughs> to uh, get season tickets. Number five. Stop destroying my mountains. God. 
What? <laughs> is this like a mining town? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I, I I just have the signs. I don't necessarily have the context for all of them. I'm guessing this is probably an, an environmental lesson. Probably. But so I mean, are people just sticking dynamite in the mountains <laughs> and like going to town? I mean, because it's I, one thing to be an environmentalist, but 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 uh, I mean, the mountains. There's not a lot that grows up there, right? Um, Vicker, you're from Wyoming. Is that is this a huge problem in Wyoming of people destroying mountains? No, not not that I can remember. In fact, Stop lying, you mountain destroyer. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're part of the problem, Vicker. You you want to destroy a mountain so it takes you ninety minutes less to get to your house. That's <laughs> that's right, and it's prime real estate for more sagebrush and cows. Yeah. So, but I think it tackles a serious issue of mountain destroying. I didn't know that was a problem. It's an important issue. I'm glad we're having this discussion. Right. Yeah. This needs to come to light. <laughs> Number four. Keep using my name in vain. I'll make rush hour longer. God. I, I by the way. It, well, the fun thing is watching the sheer disappointment on your face that people can't see. It's it's like someone stole your lunch money right in front of your face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like, what what a flippant <laughs> thing to say. I mean, it is. It is. That's terrible. It's like there were people who died in the Old Testament because they used God's name in vain. And even the Jews went overboard and were very legalistic, and they wouldn't even pronounce God's name. Mm -hmm. They would say, like, Adonai or Hashem, the name, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, so naughty, naughty, you're using my name in vain. I'm going to make rush hour longer. And it makes uh, God look petty, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, he doesn't work the way we do. Right. I mean, he's... If I were God, I would certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd pick out your aunt for the day and, like, be like, hmm, let's, yeah. you know, he's almost home, he's almost up. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> it's like a really torturous game of like shoots and ladders or Candyland. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Vicar, uh, I look like my, my Aurora. Hey, Vicar, uh, can you go out and start my car? Uh, there he goes. <laughs> He'll be back in just a second. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I got to have a ride home, right? I can't yeah, have my yeah, battery die. Uh, of course. <laughs> All right. Number three. Don't make me come down there. God. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, we can't make God do anything. And for the Christian. We want him to yeah, come down. We want him to come down. It's like. The Lord's Prayer, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> come back. Thy kingdom come. <laughs> right. And, you know, that uh, he will come again to judge the living and the dead, right? It's like what we hear in Advent. Lift up your heads be when all these things start to happen because your redemption is near. Yeah. I mean, we want him to come back. And to treat it like, uh-oh, the boys are having a row downstairs in the basement. If I come down, it's going to be, well, when he comes back, it's going to be uh By the way, where is Vicar? Did he get lost? I think he did. Well, I mean, it's it not a, that far out to the parking lot. It was a simple task. Line. I know. I know your Alexa can't do that, but anyways. So it goes. <laughs> that brings us to number two. Number two. Number two. Don't worry. Be happy. God. <laughs> uh, I don't think, no. That was Bobby McFerrin. Right. <laughs> and he's not God. No. Um, I, uh, Vicar's not here. You could check on that to make sure. <laughs> yeah, where's our fact Where's our fact checker when we need him? Vicar, so. it was an easy job. You can come back now. 
Bicker. Bicker. In fact, there are plenty of other statements in Scripture that say, you know what, you following me, you're not going to be very happy. Like, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Yep. You know? By the way, Vicar's back. I forgot to tell him that the the driver's side door handle doesn't work, and he has to climb through to the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you got it all figured out, Vicar? Well, no, because I couldn't find the keys. Oh. All right. Well, we'll get this figured out. So, and number one. That brings us to number one, and I have given this responsibility. See if he knows, because he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> So, Vicar, what is the number one bad false quotes by God on a billboard? Um, I would say it is, don't make me come down. Oh, we just did that one. Oh, we just did that one? Okay. Well, <laughs> plan B. Uh, how about, oh, here we go. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> we just did that one. <laughs> I give up, man. <laughs> It's a small world. I know. I made it. God. Oh, there we go. Number okay. one. <laughs> it's a small world. I know I made it. God. Boy, that's that's kind of like a dig at yourself, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's a small world, you know? I couldn't be bothered to, like, upgrade it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but what, and what is uh, the deep point that they're trying to say with that? Is this like a... An Epcot thing, like, it's a small world after all, you know? Yeah, I suppose. Or is it, like, talking about coincidences? Like, everybody thinks they're a coincidence. Oh, it's a small world. Da-da-da, you know? I don't know. You know, and it's not like something, oh, we're taking that billboard out of context because... Because <laughs> there is no context. I mean, <laughs> it's there on the side of the road. <laughs> I just imagine of, of uh, someone just pulling off the side of the road, just weeping and crying because they have come to faith because this billboard, they're just... Oh, I get it now, and and uh, the, my life has changed now because I realized Jesus, take the wheel. Be, yes, I just realized you know this world is small, and, and he, he made, made it. it, and so now, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so now what? I'm really trying hard. <laughs> I'm trying hard to make these sound yeah, but it's or or like you know some guy <laughs> drives over and you know onto the side of the road in abject terror, and he's like. Oh, I just I don't Lord God, don't don't come down here. Just don't come down here, please. I'm enjoying life way too much. So so if you're listening at home, if you have any kind of conversion experience from one of these billboards, we want to hear from you. And please. Uh, if your life has been changed by a billboard of God saying something that he didn't necessarily say, please let us know. And uh and uh we'll uh we'll we'll change our tune here. We'll uh maybe have you on the show. Maybe get you a clerical heirs T-shirt, mm-hmm. something. We want to know. Pen. I want to know. Does someone really exist out there that whose life was changed by God saying, "Don't make me come down there," <laughs> <laughs> or any of those other deals? So yeah, uh, if you have questions or comments <laughs> on the top twelve list, uh, how can they reach us? You can reach us at feedback at clericalerrors one word dot org. Feedback at clericalerrors dot org or clerical errors podcast on Facebook. Or uh, you can, uh, I like to say add us at Twitter, but I think we have two Twitter followers right now. We need mm. to beef that up. We need to tweet more. Yeah, yeah. And uh, once I learn how to do that, we'll be all over the Twitterverse. Is that a thing? <laughs> it should be. So, all right, that brings us to... Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies. Peter, play the intro. 
Berg's Bodacious Blasphemies is the part of the show where Berg seeks to sell you ancient damned illusions by repackaging them for modern consumption. In short, Berg makes bad stuff sound bodacious. All right, so this bodacious blasphemy is called, uh, uh, this group was called the... Uh, wait, stop, wait, wait. The, 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 Have some, you need a little more pre-energy drink. Right. You need some, uh, you need to pump up your vocal cords. All right. Oh, yes, you feel that? You feeling strong? Yeah! All right, let's go! All right, this is the uh, Massalians. They are from about AD 370, so about, you know, um, 1600 years ago. They were a heretical Syrian aesthetic sect that held to an overemphasis on prayer and the spiritual experience at the expense of disregarding the church and its sacraments, especially baptism. They also renounced social and work relations. Okay. Okay, my my uh, attention disorder just got completely blown up by what you just said. Can you slow that down for me? <laughs> okay. All right. So they were a group of people that way overemphasized prayer at the expense of the church and its sacraments. Okay. There we go. Got it. Awesome. So here we go. Do you think baptism just gets you wet? Is the Lord's Supper merely crackers and juice? Is your favorite hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? Do you think people's problem is is that they just don't take it to the Lord in prayer? If so, then the Messalians might be the people for you. Join the Messalians. They thought the sacraments were useless and harmless. Of course baptism doesn't save, unless you read 1 Peter 3.21. And it doesn't forgive sins, unless you read Acts 22.16. And of course it doesn't give the Holy Spirit, unless you read Acts 2.38-39, Titus 3, verses 5-7, through 7, or Mark 16.16. 16. And it certainly doesn't make you a new person, unless you read Romans 6, 1-4, or Colossians 2.12. And the Lord's Supper can't be Jesus' body and blood, unless you read Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and 1 Corinthians 11. And of course the Lord's Supper can't be for our benefit, so it can't be eaten to our harm either, unless you reread Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 11. Now, if you're a Massalian, you don't have to go to church and gather with other Christians. No matter what Hebrews 10.25, John 10.16, John 11.52-53, Ephesians 2.19-23, and Romans 12.5 say, All you need is prayer. All you do is sit around and pray hedges around people all day. You don't have to go out and work and serve your neighbor, even though 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says that he who doesn't work shouldn't eat, and Psalm 41 says, Blessed is he who considers the poor, the Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Or Romans 12.13, which says that Christians distribute to the needs of the saints. Well, to join this illustrious club, just go into your prayer closet and never come out. Seriously, don't come out. Don't come out and enjoy the great gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, which Christ has given us in holy baptism and in the Lord's Supper. Don't come out and receive the word of God which is preached for your forgiveness and edification. Don't come out and enjoy the gift of the church, that we who are many are being built up together into Christ's holy body, so that you're never truly alone. For Christ hasn't just given us himself, but he's also given us to each other. Be alone and never be with your true family, those who hear the word of God, and keep it by going to church and receiving Christ's gifts. All right, as you do every time, bringing in strong. You got a lot of Bible passages at home to look up, so you might want to pause and, and check those. We'll be posting those too uh, as we go on uh, when this ep episode comes out sure. during the week. So I'd like to add something though. I would say it'd be much more peaceful if you're—I don't even remember the name of it—the Massalians. Massalian. If you could, could you possibly do that in a garden? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll walk with you and talk with you right and there, tell you that you are his own. Yeah, yeah. It's some of the most sappy. The, but non this is one I, I can really see 
how how uh, nowadays how that kind of thinking really is pervasive. Right. This what I basically described. Uh, well, what American evangelicalism is is just kind of a refried version of this group. Yeah. Because they don't believe that baptism does anything. It might be a sign of your obedience, but actually, I knew people in college who were like, "Ah, baptism's optional; mm-hmm. doesn't do anything anyway." Same thing with the Lord's Supper. And in fact, there were some groups. I I was talking to one parishioner before he died, and he was having conversations with people, you know, right here in mm-hmm. the town where you're a, a pastor, uh, of people who just sit in their homes. They don't ever join a congregation. They just have home church, and it's all just about me and Jesus. Yeah, and um. And that's partly because they have a wrong view of external things, mm-hmm. right? They think external things equals works, and works can't save. Therefore, baptism, which is an external thing, and the Lord's Supper, which is an external thing, can't save because they're works. And and, and with that, then you don't need a church. Right. Without, you don't need a pastor. You know, if you think about it, too, that's the kind of thing that allows people to gleefully live in their sin without ever being told, you know— Hey, maybe you need to repent. I remember one time I was, uh, when I was first a pastor, a uh, long, far away, so I can say this and you won't, no one will know who this is, but, but uh, I was trying to convince uh, someone to, to come to send their children to Sunday school and confirmation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mother said, uh, well, I'm very confident of what I'm teaching my children about spirituality and about God. And I asked, well, can I show you something from the Bible? Can I borrow you about your Bible? And well, I don't have one. Don't have one. <laughs> and so, of course. Well, what are you teaching? Right. You also see this. Uh, how many times do, do we hear, uh, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not very religious. I'm not really one for organized religion, but I'm just a very spiritual person. When you're basically the same thing. It's just you kind of coming up with your own religion and, and following the ways of your heart, which will mislead you and misguide you because sin does come in a way and temptations come in a way that is very pleasing to the heart. That seems in many ways good, right? And, and all sorts of things. And without a church, without a, the sacraments, without hearing God's word or what he actually says about these things and how he gives you his grace and mercy, you're just guessing. Right. And I think, too, people don't often, and sometimes we don't always talk about the gift of the church, that it really is a gift that we who were alone in our sins, we who lived solitary lives, are now brought into communion or fellowship with other people. Mm-hmm. That we have people who will mourn when we mourn. We have people who will rejoice when we rejoice. We have people who help one another and serve one another and care about one another. That That's the point of the gospel. It, well, the point of the gospel is our salvation. But one of the things that it does is it actually brings us together into Jesus' body. Right. Where we are one and we are not alone anymore. And that is a wonderful and great gift that I think oftentimes isn't talked about isn't discussed um because unfortunately uh the devil likes factions the devil likes um fighting he likes it when people just go to church are there for a little while and then go out right right just like a mega church right yeah where you're just a number uh you're just another brick in the wall as the old hymn goes right (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but the whole point is that you know um we are a part of a body and we are you know we are christians and so we also serve God by serving one another uh, and by being with one another. And to neglect that, I think, is to neglect a big part of what the gospel gives us. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Um, uh, so if uh, have you, I don't think you're going to run out, just like you were, I might run out of top 12 lists. I really don't think you're going to run out of these. 
Eventually. You think so? <laughs> I'll have to start digging then, but you know. <laughs> it seems like, though, the more you have to dig, the better they're going to be. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> All right. It's time for our Bible study, the Attention Deficit Bible Study. By the way, Vicar, is my car running? No? Okay. It's probably dead by now. I hope. Good job. So, you killed his car. You, you killed know, his car. You know it's a 99 Aurora, right? I mean, they you're never going to have an opportunity to even get close to one of those in your life because because when you're a pastor, you will not be able to afford something like that. So, so you might want to consider this next time, okay, Vicar? Okay. okay. All right. That brings us to our attention I forgot. What is it called again? <laughs> I got distracted. Our concentrationally impaired Bible study. Peter, play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study. One verse, one verse only. Oh, that's that's beautiful music. I All right. That. It is. It makes it's me wonderful. happy. It, it is. makes me so happy. What do you think, Vicar? You like that music? Between that and the uh, you know the pre-workout powder, I can't stop smiling. Hey, right? I can't believe this stuff is legal. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, so... On on, <laughs> we're we're actually we're actually failing at this. So we we need one verse. Focus, we got it. We focus, got one one focus. verse. One verse. We got it. We got it. We got it. Okay. All right. Obadiah seven. All your allies have driven you to your border. Those at peace with you have deceived you. They have prevailed against you. Those who eat your bread have set a trap beneath you. You have no understanding. All right. So uh, one thing that that struck me about this verse is the fact that. Uh, the fact that uh, he's saying that the Edomites, they think they have everything's okay because everything's nice and peaceful. Yep, they've got allies, right? Yeah. It's like it's like in the office. If Dwight ever asks you for an alliance, you say, absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is that they've got these alliances, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you have the bigger gang, you mm-hmm. got more numbers, you got the bigger bullies to be your friends, you know, you're going to be okay. That's the way the carnal uh, world thinks. And God also, in other in other verses of the Bible, also runs down uh, the southern kingdom because they because they were relying on earthly allies mm-hmm. rather than on heavenly allies. Um, he says that uh, they say God says about uh, Egypt that he's a broken reed, right, and that if you lean too much on him, uh, he's going to pierce your hand, right. And here God is saying the same thing about the Edomites that their allies eventually are going to betray them. They are going to rather than keeping them safe in the middle of their land, they're going to push them to the border. The people who they trust are going to take their bread away. Uh, they have no understanding because they don't believe, because they don't have faith. It's, they, like, it's, it's like they believe that their, their allies are genuinely have their best interests in mind. <laughs> right. When has that ever been right. the case? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, uh, any treaty, right? We've got all these allies. And I think and there's a there's a take-home lesson for the listener on this. Oh, it's like Survivor. Oh. Where they where they make their alliances and then they betray one another. Right. This is like biblical survivor right here. Yeah. Next top twelve list. <laughs> biblical survivors. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm the one that decides that, so you can make suggestions. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, uh, uh, see if I remember my thought now, um, was uh, the, the take home lesson for I think a lot of listeners is this: there's a lot of people who think and believe that uh, the proof is in. The fact that you have the majority, right? That the majority of thoughts or the majority of ideas is is kind of the proof that you're right. We see this in politics. We see this all over the place. But when you look at it from a scriptural point of view, 
when were those who actually believe God and listen to him, whenever they, when were they ever the majority? Never. And so, and so uh, it's a reminder that, uh, and that uh, you, you know, the, there might be more numbers. They might have uh, um, all sorts of more ways of getting the message against God out and all those things, but it doesn't mean they're right. And it's an encouragement to you, the listener, to, to, to be comforted in the fact that nothing that you might be going through in this way is new, that, that uh, just because there are strength in the enemies of God all over the place, and, and we hear it and we see it all over the place, and it's easy to get discouraged, that uh, the majority is generally never right. And the majority is this. We have a super majority in a sense. Right. Well, and the the cool in, thing, in, too, in is that you look at uh, all these allies. You can look at it today, right? So you have the uh, LGBTQX asterisk, you know, at sign, right? Yeah. And they all, all these different groups have come together, and now they're beginning to go to war with one another. Okay, we beat up the Christians enough, but now uh, the the people who are homosexual are really not uh, uh, are not uh, progressive enough for uh, the the transgender people, mm-hmm. right? And so now there's this fighting within their own. I mean, it's the same thing because they have no understanding. And uh, and so it's a it's a an encouragement I think for for the listener to think you know well, I mean, what I meant by that you have the supermajority is you have the blood of Jesus, right? You have His Word, and uh, and you I, stand with the church, which has endured from from the beginning until, and it will endure yeah, until the last day. Even though it's never been the majority, really ever, here we are, 2,000 years after Jesus roamed, roamed this earth and, and lived and did his thing and died and, and rose from the dead, here we are still holding to the very same thing despite all of that. Indeed. So, very good. Let's keep it moving. That brings us to news that bothers Berg. Is, is that right? What's next? Yes. Peter, play the intro. There's fake news, there's real news, then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. All right, now, as I uh, tell you this news, it's actually not a news story article because it's something that I saw that I think will really bother you. <laughs> so so if you want to know the story, the uh, reporter is Bullhagen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put on my hat and I, I saw something that is kind of like a news story, but it really, really, I think will really bother you. Okay. I was driving through one of our uh, beautiful Iowa towns. Okay. okay. And there was a, a public uh, elementary school. Okay. Okay. And and there was a big banner on the public elementary school. You know what it said? No. It said, leadership starts here. <laughs> Leadership starts at the elementary public school. What do you think about that, Berg? I I think it's just another example of the public schools usurping the parents' um, duty to train their kids because leadership starts in the home. Leadership is shown by, by the dad, who's the head of the family. Leadership is shown by the mom, who raises her kids in the fear and the instruction of the Lord. And the thing is, is what exactly is the public school teaching them to be leaders in? You know? No, I must be, you know, we must be fair. It's, they don't have an easy job teaching kids and all that kind of thing. And I'm sure Definitely sometimes not. they get frustrated with the fact that there is very little leadership at, at the home. But, but I think that's the big thing is, okay, 
what is this leadership? And if it's not based in Christ, then it's actually something, it's a tyranny. Mm-hmm. It's something that's evil and mm-hmm. wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, you had great leaders like Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. right? He was a leader. Caiaphas was a leader. Annas was a leader. Pontius Pilate was a leader. All the Herods were leaders, right? But their, you know, their leadership was not based, was not Christ-centered. And so you can, <laughs> in a way, a lot of the, a lot of education without um, Christ, without it being Christ-centered, is like giving an infant a handgun. Mm. Handgun can be a really, really useful tool. It can also be a very, very dangerous tool. And that's the thing. We give people the tools uh, that their sinful nature is going to use for ill and not for good. And I imagine there's probably of, of plenty of public school teachers who would also disagree with that, who really are pleading for there to be more leaders within the homes that, right. that uh, almost like they feel like there's that responsibility because no one's actually leading them at home. And so I, I feel for, for them in, in that way, you know, is the fact that, you know, but ultimately, especially the, what bothers me is that it's a government thing. It's, it's yeah, I mean, you it's know. like our, the government's responsibility in the schools to make leaders really that has ultimately, if it's government, it has an agenda. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's, and you, we just have to be honest about that. That when you know when we send our kids to public schools, that's what we're doing, right? We are actually putting them into the government's hands. That that is what we're doing. We have to know. We have to know that. Yeah. And you have to be prepared for that, because your kids are going to learn stuff that isn't you know isn't copacetic with Christianity. I mean, and I think that's the thing. You can send your kids to public school. I'm not saying that you can't. My and, big thing and is, we is do that have, there are there are, you know we have plenty of uh, very good Christian teachers in the public school and some of my the members of my own congregation. Right, but at the same time, we have to realize that the public school silences silences Christianity. It does. It has to. By its very nature, it can't be. It has to be a religious. Right. Which, on the one hand, I think is in some ways beneficial because, you know, we don't want. I don't want. Uh, you know, someone teaching my children something about God that is... No, absolutely. You know, it, it has um, to be that way. Yeah, but the thing is, is that this is why, once again, I mean, uh, you have to be... Well, and they are teaching you something about God. They're teaching your kids that God doesn't exist, that evolution, you know, is real, that people can choose their gender, that, uh, you know, so that's the thing. It's just, you can do that. It's just you have to be prepared for it, and you have to prepare your kids for it. Right. And so it doesn't surprise me that uh, the government, which has intruded itself on many parts, many aspects of our life without our consent, would also uh, put itself in a place where it shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just really uh, sad. Yeah. All right. That's news that bothers Berg. Um, That brings us to our our, our, uh, next section, which is... Confound the clerics. Confound the clerics. All right, and our question uh, for today uh, was mentioned earlier, and uh, from Ian Jones, and his question is: Is in your opinion, do you think there is any possibility of a confessional Lutheran and Roman Catholic reconciliation, or some other form of doctrinal unity? Well, I would say one thing is we should never stop striving for it. Yep. And uh but it, it's to me it's it's hard to to have unity if 
if you have a different idea of where the source of of truth comes from and i think that's where the one of the big differences we have you know if it, if it's if you believe that it's from the the word of god or the you know the hierarchical organization of the church you know that that there's a difference on on where you think right and wrong comes from and how it is taught and where the source of that is and wouldn't you say that is one of the bigger problems from the very beginning of the differences between the Catholic and the Church of of where is the authority where can we trust that we know God is speaking because there's two different line of thoughts and until those come closer together that uh, it's going to be hard to have unity yeah and I don't think they can come together because they're mutually exclusive right either the word of God is alone in forming our faith in life or it's scripture and something else mm-hmm. and those those the, the alone makes it exclusive i mean that's that's the thing it's either from the scriptures or it's scripture and something else and that's the thing we don't want anybody to go away and say oh well they don't believe that that roman catholics aren't christians uh, there are lots of christians in the roman catholic church because they have the gospel they have holy baptism they uh, do have the word preached to them and god's word does create fruit However, there is a great anti-Christian force working within the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And this is the office of the papacy. The office of the papacy actually has put itself against uh, things like faith alone. By papacy, you, you mean, for their listeners, the pope. Right, the office of the pope. Yeah. Not particular popes themselves. Right. Um, even though they themselves occupy that office, right? So that's the big thing, is that you have to distinguish between the office and the person. Okay, and the office of the papacy uh, believes itself to be Christ's vicar on earth, uh, and vicar means the one who stands in, Christ's representative. Right, like okay. the like the half two and a half pastors right. from our first podcast. And um, <laughs> and so they said that the that the Pope, when speaking ex cathedra, that is from the chair, uh, is infallible on things like morals and doctrines, doctrines of faith, which is why. Uh, now, the assumption of Mary, that Mary uh, was taken to heaven bodily, uh, was declared to be a doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church in, I believe it's like 1954, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. The Pope can make and unmake doctrine Yeah, from the chair. It has nothing to do with Scripture because Scripture is silent on the death of the Virgin Mary. And and uh, I always try when I talk to, to folks about this, to be honest, because I don't think it does anyone any good just to say, oh, they're they just don't understand or they don't get it or to 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 talk them in a demeaning way in the sense that if you believe that that's where truth comes from and that's what you believe but we're coming from different things we're coming from just the very basis is different god's word or god's word and as you said before right so for example in paragraph 100 of the catholic catechism it says the task of interpreting the word of god authentically has been entrusted solely to the magisterium of the church, that is, to the Pope and to the bishops in communion with him. And so that's the thing. You can't read your Bible by yourself. God's word for the Roman Catholic, who actually believes this, is not a light. It is not the lamp that shows our way or the light to our path. But it actually needs another light Mm -hmm. in order to illuminate it, and that is the uh, Roman Catholic Church. And also, these people will also be very, very um, sly and sneaky. They'll use the same words we do, things like grace and faith and the like. Uh, but they mean very, very different. What they mean by faith is different. What they mean by grace is different. Right. And so... And, so- it, and they still believe what the Council of Trent said. So, for example, 
it says, uh, if anyone in Canon 12, if anyone shall say that justifying faith is nothing else than confidence in the divine mercy, pardoning sins for Christ's sake, or that it is that confidence alone by which we are justified, let him be accursed. The Roman Catholic Church actually anathematizes and damns people who believe that we are justified by faith alone. So, so uh, there is going to be a hard way of bringing reconciliation. Right. So that might be kind of tough. <laughs> but, but we don't stop, stop uh, trying. And right. you know, uh, in, uh, the, we've had a lot of vicars over here, and uh, you know how many have had that were former Catholics. I know of one in particular. I've had, I think, four of them. Right. They used to be Catholic. Who uh, who wound up being Lutheran? Not only Lutheran, but uh, are Lutheran pastors now. Right. Thanks be to God. So, and the whole thing is, is that if we want real unity, if we want reconciliation, we have to do what um, Paul and everybody else does: go back to the Word. Right. Mm -hmm. That um, if we want true unity, uh, we have to uh, say the same things and think the same things and be the same in in mind and judgment. And the only way that that can happen is through the Word of God and taking every thought in captivity to Christ. So we should pray for unity and, uh, you know, because Jesus does. All right. Well, thank you for your question. If you are on the other side of the aisle on that, so to speak, please let us know. We'd love to, to talk it over and, and, and please share your, your thoughts with us. It's a, it's a good discussion. So thank you for your question, Ian. And uh, we have one more thing to do. Sticky notes. Sticky notes. Remember this? That brings us to number one, and I have given this responsibility. See if he knows, because he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vicar, what is the number one bad false quotes by God on a billboard? Um, I would say it is, don't make me come down. Oh, we just did that one. Oh, we just did that one? Okay, well, <laughs> plan B. Uh, how about, oh, here we go. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> We just did that one. <laughs> I give up, man. <laughs> Vicar, are you okay? You need some energy drink? You need some pre-workout? You look, you look dazed and confused. Do you have too much over there? Crashing. He's crashing. He's crashing, you know, it's wearing off. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and uh, do you remember this? What I have for us today is, uh, you know... When I work out, you know, I clang and bang in the weight room. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if you if you if you're in an awkward situation, be a small town pastor and lift weights in the community weight room. It's people don't know where they should talk to you. I got my headphones on. I'm focused, right? So, and uh, pretty intense. And and I try hard not to flex in the mirrors because I don't want to appear to be vain to all. The, you know, look at Pastor Bullhagen flexing all the time. You know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about this? Number four. Keep using my name in vain. I'll make rush hour longer. God. It's just like, <laughs> what a flippant thing to say. I mean, it is. It is. That's terrible. And it makes oh, God look petty, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, right. I mean, he's. If I were God, I would certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd pick out your aunt for the day and like be like, hmm. Let's, yeah. You know, he's almost home. He's almost up. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> it's like a really torturous game of like shoots and ladders or Candyland. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, we, we got to get going. I got to see if I can start my Aurora. Um, if there are any mechanics out there, please let us know what I can do for my, my dear car. And, uh, and uh, thank you for listening. I think we're all ready to do about 100 push-ups now. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, have a great night. Please uh... subscribe, you know, <laughs> like us on Facebook. I'm um, like the pastor who can't end a sermon and, and he like, keeps it going. Right? <laughs> so. so he's Bullhagen. I'm Berg. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's Berg. I'm Bullhagen. And thanks for listening to Clerical, Clerical Errors. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Money we receive is invested back into the podcast and the surplus donated to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcasts or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. There you can also find links to the things we talked about. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.